0: Good Tuesday everyone, well we've been talking about gifts, valuable gifts, gifts that God has given us, and we have taken them from the book The Ultimate Gift, and each one of these gifts God has given us, they are very common, we don't appreciate them many times because they are so ordinary, but they are extremely valuable. The first three gifts were gifts of perspective, the gift of laughter, the gift of dreams, the gift of a day. And now we're talking about the second set of three, gifts of responsibility. The first one is the gift of work. Work is a gift. The ability to exert an effort to produce or accomplish something. That is a gift from God. It gives us a sense of fulfillment and a sense of satisfaction. We saw yesterday that God is interested in our work and that we are actually going to be judged according to the work that we have done here on earth. God sees our work as that important. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built endures, he will receive a reward. So, we were looking at what are these tests that our work is going to be put through. The first one we suggested was that our work is going to be judged according to its value or meaningfulness. Is this something that is significant for eternity? Now, there's lots of natural things that we're doing. We all have a job. We all have hobbies. We all enjoy exerting ourselves towards some end. And that's work. But what we produce, does it have eternal significance? And the most important work you can do is work that has eternal significance. It will last. It will endure. Now, Jesus is our example. And we saw that when he came to earth, he had a work to do that had eternal significance. And the work that God wants us to do is the very same work that Christ did. Now, if you take a study of the scripture, it says three things that Jesus came to do. The first, he came to save his people from their sins. He went to the cross and he accomplished that there. We have that same assignment in our life. We are to save people from their sins. Not in the same way Jesus did, of course, but we still have our part. He purchased our salvation on the cross and we are given the responsibility to go and to proclaim it, to share it with others, to share the good news of what Christ has done. And it won't profit anyone what Christ did on the cross unless we tell them and they respond in faith. So our part is very, very important. The second thing that the scripture says Jesus did was to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3.8 For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus did that. He went around doing good. The devil doesn't do good. Whenever you do good, you destroy his works. Jesus healed the sick. He opened blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. He did good works. He brought joy to people that were in sorrow. He raised the dead. Another way that Jesus destroyed the works of the devil was by teaching people what they needed to hear, teaching them principles to live by. One of the first messages that Jesus ever preached is called the Sermon on the Mount. And you find it in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And he starts off by giving eight principles and he says, if you embrace these and do them, you'll be blessed. You will be happy. God wants us to be happy. The works of the devil is destroyed when we understand how to live, how to avoid the pitfalls of life that Satan has designed for us. So Jesus accomplished that work. But we are the extension of his coming to earth. He is our head. We are the body. We are the body of Christ. The things that we are to do on earth was shown by Christ. So we are to destroy the works of the enemy. In other words, we need to follow in the footprints of Christ. We need to do the same work he did in our day. We need to destroy the works of the devil. I think the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi really illustrates this. Because he said, O Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, harmony. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sorrow, joy. You see what he was doing? He was destroying the works of the devil. And that's our task as we move through this life. Wherever you see the enemy doing something that destroys people's happiness, destroys their marriage, destroys their relationships, destroys their self-worth, we need to undo that. We need to exert and expend energy to destroy the works of the devil. And as we stand before the Lord, I believe that that is a dimension that our works will be judged on. Did we destroy the works of the devil? And the last thing that the scripture says Jesus came to do was to glorify God. In John chapter 17, and verse 4, Jesus, when he's praying, just before he goes to the cross, he says, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Jesus said, I have glorified you, Father. I have finished the work. Part of the work of Christ was to bring glory to God the Father. And he did that. He said, the works that I do, I don't do them. But the Father that dwells in me, he does the work. In another place, he said, I only do the things that I see the Father do. And I only speak the things that I hear the Father say. He was the expressed image of the Father. His whole life was to bring glory to God. Now, in the very same way, That is the task that's assigned towards us, that our lives would bring glory to God. The things that we do, helping other people, are not for us to get a pat on the back or a word of appreciation. Our desire is that God would be glorified, that he would be seen. We want to give a cup of water in the name of the Lord, not in our own name. We need to give it so that they see our good works and our ministry is done to bring glory to God, not to bolster our own pride. And so these three areas, saving people from their sins, destroying the works of the devil, and bringing glory to God, are the three aspects where we follow in the footsteps of Christ. Now, another area of where our works is going to be judged is how diligent we are In carrying it out. This is not just a hit and miss thing. But have we been consistent. Diligent. In carrying it out. You know if you look up. The dictionary definition of diligence. It says it's a continual effort. Put forward. To accomplish a certain thing. So it's a continual effort. Proverbs 10 and verse 4 says. He who has a slack hand. Becomes poor. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Now this is true whether it's on the natural realm or in the spiritual realm. If you are lazy, if you sleep during summer, if you sleep during the harvest, you're a son that causes shame. I grew up on a farm. I knew what my dad expected. When the harvest was to be brought in, That had the priority. Everything bent toward it. And so in order to be a good son, a good worker, was to fulfill the desire of my father and to be diligent about it. That's true in the natural, but it's also true in the spiritual. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are already white unto harvest. You know, there's so many opportunities around us to fulfill the work that God has given us to do, that we need to be diligent every day in doing it. And then the last way that our works are going to be tested is our motive in doing them. Sort of comes back to that third aspect of Jesus' ministry, to glorify our Father which is in heaven. Our motive is to bring glory to God. And that's why it says in Matthew chapter 5, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Why are we doing what we're doing? We don't have to have special recognition. We're doing it as unto the Lord. Whether anyone knows or not, we still are doing our work. Knowing that we're doing it for Him and on to Him and from Him, we're going to receive a reward. And so I, I hope you see that This is a tremendous gift that God has given us, the ability to work. He didn't finish it all when he went back to heaven. Christ finished the work that he was responsible for. But God designed it such that we now are co-laborers with him. We have the opportunity to work with him, exert effort to see his kingdom come, to see the purpose that God has on earth come about. And, And we can be part of that. I mean, he actually calls us to do certain things. Acts 13 and verse 2 speaks about an early church where there were some elders there working and ministering together. And it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Sometimes we read that scripture and we think, well, isn't it special that Paul and Barnabas were called to a work? Yes, they were called to a particular work. But let's not forget that the scripture says that we all are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and that each one's work will become clear. Every person has a task to do, has something to accomplish. In fact, the purpose of the leaders of the church are to help people get ready to do their work. Listen to Ephesians 4 in verse 11 and 12. It says that he's given some apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And it says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What my job is, as a pastor, is to help the people that I am caring for be equipped for the work that they're doing. And I'm trying to do that even now as I'm sharing here. That... Every Christian has a work to do. I want you to be aware of it. I want you to be diligent about it. I want you to put your effort towards it. I want you to know how to destroy the works of the devil, how to bring people to salvation, and how your life can bring glory to God. So I hope that you'll have a whole new perspective on work. Well, our time is gone again, but we'll be back tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God, and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.